Hello and welcome to episode three of the PS Plus, a Living Faith Bible Institute podcast that serves as a companion to another called The Postscript. Now on that podcast, pastor and host Brandon Briscoe will speak with other pastors and professors from the Living Faith Bible Institute on a myriad of topics. On episodes 53, 55, and 56, Pastor Brandon is speaking with Pastor Alan Shelby of Harvest Baptist Church on the charismatic movement and charismatic theology. And that's exactly where we're going to continue our discussion today. So let's do this thing. Now, in our last episode, we took a look at an example of a charismatic hermeneutic by way of the International House of Prayer. We essentially looked at how they interpret scripture. And what we found is that we actually didn't agree with a lot of it. I thought it would be only fair if we actually took a look at what we would agree with. And we can't talk about interpreting scripture without talking about dispensationalism. Now, there may be some of you that are familiar with the term dispensationalism and some of you that aren't, but I assure you, it's not a very hard concept to grasp. And we're going to take a look at some of the main points about dispensationalism today. Now, in light of that, there's a particular scripture that would be very, very helpful for us to look at, and that's 2 Timothy 2.15. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. So when we look at this verse, we have a couple of things that become apparent. First is that the Bible requires study to properly understand. Second is that the Bible needs to be rightly divided. There are divisions in your Bible, and if we don't properly recognize these divisions and interpret Scripture in light of these divisions, we will run into errors. As a matter of fact, a lot of heresy that we find in heretical movements are sourced out of people that are making wrong divisions in your Bible. So this is an incredibly important concept. Now, for some of you, again, this may be new and you may be thinking, I don't know about divisions in my Bible. Well, open up your Bible and I promise you there are at least two. You got an Old Testament and you got a New Testament. So even though you may be new to dispensationalism, you should be familiar with the idea of there being different divisions in your Bible. Now, in order to understand dispensationalism, we need to define it in a couple of different ways. So dispensationalism is really nothing more than a systematic method by which the Bible can be interpreted based on clearly observed patterns in Scripture. Another key factor of dispensationalism is that it's going to acknowledge that God has the same eternal plan, but that enacts itself in different ways for different people in different parts of history. Now, along with the idea of dispensationalism, we have to define actually what a dispensation is. And there's a couple of definitions that we could use, and we're going to go with two. The first is this, a period of time in which a designated steward has a responsibility in the administration of God's kingdom. And a second definition could be this, a distinguishable economy in the outworking of God's purpose. Now, the word dispensation can be found in four places in your Bible. 1 Corinthians 9.17, Ephesians 1.10, Ephesians 3.2, and Colossians 1.25. Now, for the sake of time, we won't be able to read all of these passages, but I'd encourage you to check them out when you have some time, and I think they'll shed a lot of light on this conversation we're having about dispensationalism. Now, as it relates to dispensationalism, this system of interpreting your Bible, there are a couple of key distinctives that we want to keep in our minds. The first is that dispensationalism makes a distinction between the nation of Israel, Gentiles, and the church of God as three separate people groups. 
The second is that dispensationalism leads you to interpret your Bible literally. And you can do this as long as your Bible tells you to. There are a couple of passages where the Bible clearly says, hey, yo, don't interpret this literally. But outside of that, you interpret it literally. The third is an understanding of God's purpose and really the Bible's purpose in glorifying himself. Charles Ryrie in his book Dispensationalism writes, To the normative dispensationalist, the soteriological or saving program of God is not the only program, but one of the means God is using in the total program of glorifying himself. Now, one of the things that we talked about is that we see a clear pattern in Scripture, and that's one of the kind of the key tenets of dispensationalism. So let's actually talk about that pattern. And in order to do that, we need to take a look at Luke chapter 16. Now, in this passage, Jesus is talking to his disciples, and we'll pick it up in verse 1. And he said also unto his disciples, there was a certain rich man which had a steward, and the same was accused unto him that he had wasted his goods. And he called him and said unto him, how is it that I hear this of thee? Give an account of thy stewardship, for thou mayest be no longer steward. So looking at this passage, we should know a couple of things. The first is the word stewardship actually comes from a Greek word, a koinomia, which is also translated dispensation. The second is that there's actually a structure that we see here in this passage that is also going to be a structure that we're going to see in every dispensation, every period of time in which God's plan is manifesting in different ways for different people. So the structure is simply this. First, there is a steward who is given a specific task to accomplish by God. The second is that there is actually a failure of that steward to accomplish the task. The third is that the steward is held accountable for that failure and there's a judgment that follows. Lastly, a new steward is designated with the task of fulfilling God's purpose. Now, when it comes to how we rightly divide the word of truth and how we observe scripture, we see seven dispensations that kind of come to the forefront. And this is what's known as kind of classic dispensationalism, these seven distinguishable economies where God's plan and purpose is being enacted. So the first dispensation is the dispensation of innocence. And we find this in Genesis chapter one through three. The second is the dispensation of conscience. And we find this in Genesis chapter four through eight. The third is the dispensation of human government, and we find this in Genesis chapters 9 through 11. The fourth is the dispensation of the patriarchs, and we find this in Genesis chapter 12 through Exodus chapter 18. Now, the fifth is the dispensation of the law, and we find this from Exodus 19 to the death of Christ. The sixth is the dispensation of grace, and we find this from the death of Christ to the second coming of Christ. And the last, the seventh dispensation, is the dispensation of the millennium, which is found in Revelation 20, verses 1 through 15. Now, in every single one of these dispensations, we're going to see the same pattern that we saw in Luke chapter 16, verses 1 and 2. Now, for the sake of time, let's just take a look at one dispensation to see if we can identify this pattern. So in the first dispensation, the dispensation of innocence, the steward is pretty easy to identify because there's only like one dude on the planet. It's Adam, y'all. Spoiler alert, Adam is the steward of the dispensation of innocence. Now, along with Adam being the steward, he's given a particular task to be fulfilled. Now, in Genesis 1.28, the commandment comes to be fruitful and multiply. Now, in Genesis 2, verses 16 through 17, God gives parameters around fulfilling the mission. Adam can have any tree of the garden to eat except one, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. 
Now, of course, the story of Adam and Eve is very familiar to most people. There is a failure on Adam's part in that both he and Eve eat of the tree that they are not supposed to. Later in Genesis chapter 3, there is, of course, a judgment both on Adam and Eve, and in addition, they are removed from the garden. So clearly we can see that Adam, as a steward, was given a particular task. He was given parameters around accomplishing that task, but he failed in the administration of what God had given him. He was judged and ultimately removed. God's grace is always given when faith in God's word is displayed. And Hebrews 11 does a great job at pointing this out. No matter the dispensation, grace through faith is the constant that runs through all of these. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 4, it says, By faith Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous. Now, Abel was not in the dispensation of innocence. Abel was in the dispensation of conscience. In verse 7, By faith Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. Now, Noah was not in the dispensation of conscience. He was in the dispensation of human government. In verse 8, By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed, and he went out, not knowing whither he went. Now, Abraham was not in the dispensation of human government. He was in the dispensation of the patriarchs. So even though these men were in different dispensations and given different instructions, they were still responding in faith to what God's word had said. So once again, I want to thank you so much for joining me on another episode of the PS Plus. I realize that there may be some more questions and I want to give you some resources. The first is going to be a book called Dispensationalism by Charles Ryrie, and it does an excellent job at going into very, very explicit detail on all of these things that we talked about. Another great resource is a class in the Living Faith Bible Institute called Systematic and Dispensational Theology, taught to you by Alan Shelby. It is like drinking from a fire hose, but it's all good stuff. I wish you the best of luck and hope to talk to you next time.